Welcome all to the New Dream Podcast. I'm Sarah Grady, and as Bryce Savage's song states, I'm a Pisces with no fake love here. My soul felt deeply called to create the New Dream movement of unconditional love and support for all. So here we are. Whether you're here for the stories, engaging authentic conversations, to discover new tools to create change in your life, or just the unconditional love and support that's felt, know that you are beyond welcomed. Take what fits for you, leave the rest, because life is yours to live and your heart will know the way. Let's get started creating our new dreams. Hello and welcome. Today we have Tristan Storm with us. I'm so excited to hear about the beauty that is Tristan. Could you explain to our viewers a little bit about who you are in this present moment? What do you do in the world? Mm, I love that question. Hello, everybody. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'm just, I've been like excited for the last week about our conversation today. So it's that's such an interesting question. You know, who are, who are you? Who, who am I? Um, it's, it's been quite an interesting journey in, in looking at how and how we create and frame identity, you know? So like when you ask that question, who am I? I feel like the two most powerful words that we have in English language is I am and then whatever comes after it. So yep. yeah, I think to be quite mindful in how I answer this question and perhaps anyone watching this as well to start to get really curious about how they ask, answer that, that question themselves. Um, so for me, I am a life aligned coach and a I help assist people to move from their defaults, you know, what our subconscious program, everything that we've been taught to be in the world, you know, who we've been told who we are by society, by our families, by our work titles. And I think to to sort of liberate ourselves from those defaults, to start to design a life that we absolutely love, like that we don't really need a holiday from and being able to move out of that those survival mode constructs that we find ourselves in, you know, that urgency, the scarcity, the lack, the fear, com- competitiveness, all of these things that I feel really kind of limit our human experience. And yeah, for me right now, I am, yeah, really connecting with that that highest timeline of my most thriving self. Mm-hmm. So I am a mom of two beautiful, magical little beings, and we live in South Africa, KZN Midlands, which is kind of like, I like to call it the Shire. It looks like it's got rolling green hills, kind of looks like, yeah, the Shire. Um, and we're doing a bit of off-grid homesteading. So we've got spring water and growing our veggies. And yeah, that's really been such a strong visualization for me you know every vision board every every wish list that I've ever had and it's quite interesting to find yourself living inside what once was a dream and you know we all go through those those seasons you know as we're growing as we're evolving our our dreams change and our desires change and so yeah where I currently find myself right now is living inside a dream that I once had (laughs) And yeah, really supporting people all around the world, um, all different ages, all different walks of life to move, like I said, out of that survival blueprint mm-hmm. and starting to explore like, who am I in the most thriving, delicious, delectable, 
version of myself like how does she move how does she speak how does she operate in the world and that's a practice you know we have to wake up every day as the person we want to be otherwise we keep repeating we let history repeat itself or history repeat itself right um so I think that's a a continuous thing to kind of gauge and, and answer that question who am I today so this morning um the word was I want to today I am calm self-regulated and joyful so I do this little practice every morning when I wake up and I ask myself that exact question that that you asked like who who do I want to be today and what are the qualities of that that version (laughs) I hope that answers your question (laughs) it does and it's so powerful like I got chills through the body like that's my sign that like spirit knowledge is just being thrown at me and it's so beautiful to just see how you wake up in the morning and that could be a really I don't know I might implement that myself I do meditation occasionally but like that's that just seems really powerful reminding yourself every day who, who yeah. am I I mean, think of it like our stream of consciousness is like it's like a river, you know, river is never the same river twice, you know, it's always moving, it's always in, in flux and flow. And we create continuity by that question, right? Who am I? So, oh, well, you know, I'm um, anxious, I'm worried, I'm, 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 I'm all these things. And as as opposed to seeing that every day when the sun rises, we have that opportunity to to be like the phoenix you know that we're getting to reinvent ourselves and I, I feel for me one of my missions <clears throat> has been learning to be super flexible with that state of being you know to start to get really conscious about yeah what state we're showing up in and being flexible enough you know life's chaos life's freaking hard and painful and all of these <laughs> things like that's what we signed up for here in this crazy ass human experience yes. and um to, to recognize that we can be flexible in that, you know, we, we have this impact that's happened, you know, like so-and-so cut me off in traffic or this bull came in and how can we be flexible enough to adjust, to come back to a state of resourcefulness, a state of gratitude, a state of bliss. And I think most of us have disconnected from, we feel like our states of being are happening dictated to us by our external circumstances. And Absolutely. yeah, and, to blow that out the water (laughs) I absolutely agree I I feel like that's what's around me all the time like and I say the statement a lot it's happening for me not to me just to remind me like this is for me to grow what can I do what can I take from this to grow forward so I love that that's what you are like helping others in the world kind of root into their bodies to try to give a happier way of being so (laughs) I love this version of you right now and I know from personal experience like the growth journey is crazy and it can be long and hard and all the things in between (laughs) but joyous of course too but I'm curious like have you been on like a growth journey for quite some time like where did you come from Okay, so now that's that's a whole whole other question. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a tumultuous journey, and I think I think that 
for a lot of a lot of people definitely people that I really admire and look up to it the journey is is rocky and arduous yeah. sometimes and yeah so for me I um I had my mom was very young when she had me she was only 19 so really not uh, prepared or equipped um to have to have a child obviously she's done the very best that she can and I turned out okay so she kudos to mom um but yeah it was it was pretty hard we moved around a lot um there was you know she was a single mom so a lot of string of kind of unsavory men in the situation and yeah I had to face some pretty gnarly things growing up I developed around age five I developed chronic asthma and Mm. had that uh up until about 14 so in and out of hospital, I was kind of like that nerdy, sick kid with my asthma pump around my neck, so I couldn't really play sports, never really felt um, embodied. And and I think one of the biggest things that I took from that experience was that feeling of like powerlessness, you know, is here's this doctor telling me what's wrong with me and what medication I need to have. And yeah, really feeling dictated to. And I think I developed a pretty severe uh, authority anti-authority complex because of that and you know late like obviously had to go through the rebellious phase you know teen rebellious phase of that but I really feel like it's all been such fantastic compost for everything that that I now am you know and mm-hmm. so with the asthma and moving through that I realized that this the emotional things that I've been going through so quite a lot of traumas in the household my mom had um, substance abuse and like I said, not great uh, male role role models. My dad left when I was two. Mm-hmm. And so not really feeling that like safe masculine. And then looking at my mom, yeah, not not really being very aligned. I started right. to, to, to realize that there was mental and emotional components to this physical illness, you know, that the more I was honest and started to express some of the experience that I that I've had that literally was suffocating me I just held that all inside on my chest of course the asthma was my body's way of kind of protecting me in a way and it was also the only time that I felt real love and care for my mother was when I had just had an asthma attack so I started to notice this around about 14 15 that I was like oh okay like obviously the asthma is very real very biological my lungs are literally closing I'm not faking this but there is definitely some underlying reasons behind what's going on here so I started to explore that around 16 I started weaning myself I, I, I was like I no more cortisone my my kidneys were pretty <laughs> taxed out right. um and yeah I just started looking at alter- alternative therapies different ways of being able to manage the asthma through herbs going, you know, starting therapy, starting, really starting my self-development journey around that age. And that has kind of been a lot, yeah, from then, from around about 16, a quest, almost like a, <laughs> I want to find the most potent, powerful tools to really understand that mind-body connection, mind-body-spirit connection. I feel like everything's so compartmentalized, you know, you go to this specialist to look at your like toes and then you go to this specialist to, and everything just feels so separate. And for me, it was like, no, but like, where's the alignment point? Like, where's the intersection? Like, that's where the, the information is. It's like where these things overlap, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I left school and started uh, finding some, some tools 
10 years of tool finding and like at every time I kind of hit a bit of a wall and was like okay but this is maybe a little bit too esoteric I want like more science then I'd kind of go in there and I'd be like okay no this is a bit too like logical like let's go back to spirit and I feel like it's been quite um a beautiful unfolding of just every time like the tools were revealed and I think they'll continue to because I love yes. learning and <laughs> just have such a love of learning but um yeah that's that's kind of been the process and one of my great biggest dreams was was to travel the world you know I'd grown up in the same sort of little town we move around a lot when I was super young but then lived in the same house and I was like I just want to want to see the world I want to like expand my horizons I want to um have a lot of influence lots of different cultural influences and so yeah I made this vision board my first ever vision board of like all the places I wanted to travel I had no money at the time <laughs> right. it wasn't like a realistic like dream at all but I was like hey these are all the things that I want to do and yeah over the course of that was probably 22 23 like I made it about 22 23 bought a one-way ticket to Greece and ended up traveling for three years you know and that vision board was packed in a box didn't see it when I came back after three years I didn't come home for three years I'm South African for anyone who's watching our passports are like pretty rubbish so the <laughs> fact that that was even possible to just not come home for three years was very magical and really showed me when you align yourself and sync with the flow all the doors of opportunity like miracles literally can happen you know when when you put yourself in that that flow space and it did I came back and I remember looking at that vision board and being like holy crap I Machu Picchu was on there and um Jordan you know be, being able to see Petra you know and all these like real ancient sites that that I had such a connection to I'd seen with like very little money you know as a traveler and like just crazy I still want to write a book about it because like a lot of it was very crazy and <laughs> and quite unbelievable but yeah, and then came back and was ready to ground, met my husband, and then started that this this new dream that I'm currently in. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is so inspiring. Was there so were you always surrounded by like I know that you grew up like with a single mom and all this stuff, because but like was there somebody that kind of threw in those little seeds you know like there's always those seed planting that you know you might hear it somewhere or it might be on the tv or you might have read a book or someone said something like was there any seeds that were being placed in your environment when you were around that young because it's so intriguing to me that you were so young when you were like no I want to take over my body here like this is enough I've had enough and it's so beautiful that you got that that message. And I'm just curious, like, what was it that? So there's uh, there's a few things that stand out. My my granddad has always been a really inspiring person to me. He's he's led a life, you know, of absolute faith. You know, he's kind of he's more religious, but it's still it's spirit. You know, it's that, right. that connection to faith. So you know, take the labels away, and it's he's really just led such a an integrous life and mm -hmm. built his empire from very little he's now 88 he's born on the uh, my daughter's born on the same day as him um Aww. which is so special and yeah he's just always been such an inspiring even though he wasn't necessary I don't think like 
influencing per se Mm -hmm. but I think that kind of looking at him and just just sort of noticing that like wow he's so fit and healthy and strong and vibrant and like really directs his own life Um, I think that was very inspiring my dad funnily enough you know he, he wasn't present very physically but he's one of the most amazing human being like crazy amazing human beings that I know he's he's just a wealth of knowledge he can play any instrument he's very and I kind of growing up I always saw that as like you know him connecting to ego like coming through ego and kind of wanted to reject it but I think it definitely had a huge impact in my my quest for knowledge like he I remember him always saying to me knowledge is power knowledge is power knowledge is power and I think I was probably like 20 or so and I was like but wisdom is truth dad like (laughs) knowledge is only one part and like now we can agree on that but I think that 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 seeker in me that like desire for knowledge and to understand and definitely got got those genes genes from him and then yeah I think I mean there's always like a teacher or a book that comes you know there's yeah definitely a lot of those influences but I think hard to pinpoint I think hard to pinpoint like an exact thing. Right. But Lots all of those messages. Yes. Yeah. All of those make the, make the piece of the puzzle though. Cause it just shines a light to, you can take a look around you and see messages and everything. And you don't have to necessarily do it like everybody else, but you can take what resonates and just create your reality, <clears throat> excuse me, create a reality that is so beautifully unique and yours but also rooted in these are my people and this is what they did. And then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that and do something completely different. With it. <laughs> exactly. It, it's such a beautiful message. And even with your dad, your dad not being very present, like you still gained something so beautiful much. from him. And that's, that's just beautiful too. I don't know. It's just, I can feel the love and I can feel the support, even if it wasn't what, you know, either society or what we necessarily want and expect out of our loved ones, Mm -hmm. but it's still support in the best way they knew how. And it's, I don't know, my favorite word is beautiful because it's like the, the deepest meaning I have of like, this is this life that we get to live. Yeah. And I love, I love the word beautiful. Yeah. I think, um, just to what you said, the, uh, sort of struck a chord. I think one of the the people the most influential just in terms of I felt very unsafe in in the environment growing like in my body I didn't feel safe in the environment and my gran was definitely the most loving and present and support I remember like you know going to sleep at night feeling so scared and she would lie on the phone with me you know and just like talk me to sleep so that that definitely has had a huge impact on on me in terms of knowing like when I think of safety and this is something I do with my clients often is because the opposite of survival mode is is feeling truly safe you know to be able to thrive we have to feel safe and a lot of us have lost touch with what safe actually feels like so we keep defaulting to fear because that's what's most known most visceral to our nervous system to our minds and so you know we kind of need to think about like what what does safe feel like and for me Safe is like curled up on like using my granny's these big boobies, like using them as pillows and kind of like snuggling <laughs> in there and just feeling like just that complete, like in this moment, nothing can touch me. 
what is that for you like what is safe for you like what is that feeling safe for me really I think is just feeling like I can share what's on my heart like I'm going to be able to say what I've got to say and not be attacked because like that was my childhood it it wasn't intentional but there was a lot of anger and like I'm the parent you're the kid you don't have a voice or an opinion so safety really is just let's hold space and let's be here and present with one another and just be able to I don't know navigate this beautiful life in whatever way that looks how and if I make a mistake I'm not going to get yelled at (laughs) I love and I I mean that makes total sense to me why authenticity is such a high value for you you know because it is it's just that like being able to be completely and utterly yourself without that without those ramifications that you know we we do our parents unintentionally condition us to believe that it's not safe to to express ourselves for their own stuff I think like as as a parent now I can reflect and be like that was really hard (laughs) I can imagine like and I've got a loving amazing supportive fantastic husband so I can't even fathom how how challenging that is to just feel so inundated by stress and overwhelm you know it doesn't like make it okay or doesn't invalidate what the experience is for you but right I think having that compassion and understanding is is part of the growth journey as well otherwise we're just also locked in anger or resentment of like oh you didn't let me be myself as opposed to okay you being that way has led me to build a life around authenticity Thanks, guys. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then being able able to like honor the fact that my perspective and your perspective are both valid and beautiful and we can hold space for both of that and then understand each other. And like, that's where the authenticity for me comes from and like who I am as a parent and who I am in the world. And you can come to me and be like, what you said, you know, hurt me. Yeah. And I can hold space for, oh, like that wasn't my intention. I'm so sorry. Like, how do we move through this? Mm. And what better way than to just continue to be that in the world for other people to show them like this is possible. Oh, you're doing and amazing work. <laughs> I do my best every day. You it looks, it. You're doing looks, great. looks different every day. <laughs> good. You're good. That's the point, right? <laughs> right. I completely love your message like you took a childhood that could have like broken so many and it does like it people it will stay lost for so long and you took such valuable messages and seeds and created this beautiful reality for yourself and you really stepped into like I get to change this I don't have to be what everyone else is around me I can be true to who I am and what I can share with the world and you just have this beautiful light about you and I feel so honored that I get to sit and like hold space and just have you in my environment for 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 the short amount of time I have you (laughs) feeling is completely mutual so thank you thank Thank you for that reflection so moving through all of that and like stepping into like your purpose and what you're sharing with the world what have you created like what what has blossomed out of this beautiful being that is you 
Okay, so yeah, a few things. I mean, I've spent the last six years focusing mainly on one-on-one coaching. Like, you know, you, you use the word space holder. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of healing really is just that. It's just being able to be witnessed yes. um, without judgment. And to just, and it's different, you know, I've tried a lot of different types of therapy. And I think one of one of the big ones was that like, there's a difference between sharing your story Mm. and feeling trapped in that victimhood of like when you reiterate the same story like we said earlier you're creating that continuity it's like I've almost created like an identity around being a victim or the pain body or this experience and I feel like quite a lot of times that very traditional form of therapy is like we're continuing you know like I did like a good year of it and I'm like oh my god I feel like I say I'm saying like the same thing again and again and I didn't really feel I didn't feel like I was able to evolve part. Yeah, I mean, I did, but like in that setting, in that way. Right. <clears throat> and so a lot of my work has been around, uh, you know, holding that space and really honoring the truth of your experience and what you've gone through, but recognizing that you're authoring and that you, mm-hmm. we are the meaning makers of life. So I can look at those traumas now um, and, and feel like, if I was to do life again, I would still choose exactly the same thing because it really has molded and shaped every aspect of my being. And I now moving forward, like I said, don't need to let that repeat because this is what happens with those defaults, the subconscious defaults is when things have happened to us, we believe that that's normal and we yeah. start to accept that. So, you know, I was in a lot of the abusive relationships and untoxic you know dynamics because mm-hmm. that was what was familiar and normal to my nervous system so a lot of the work that I do with clients is being able to hold that space to honor and recognize you know to own mm-hmm. where you are on this dot on this beautiful map that is your life you know this is your this is where you are and the only way to to truly move and transform to transcend form is to own fully okay so yes I'm here all these decisions all these experiences every choice whether it be conscious or a lot of times unconscious this is how I kind of got here so we do um, a blueprint mapping we kind of map out the history we look at you know hereditary hereditary things because these are again we know now with epigenetics we're not bound by our genes but there is certain tendencies that if we're not consciously upgrading or updating that those genes are are there and if we're just feeding that pattern those genes are going to turn turn on so we don't have to be afraid of our you know sort of genetic destiny we can be in charge of that but we have to kind of first see what we're working with like what are all these data points so yeah the last six years I've been working very closely very intimately one-on-one predominantly Um, And we do those mappings. And then from that, we move to, okay, so this is the default. This is what we're working with. What are we consciously wanting to design? And as we move through that process, so we're going, we're we're owning, we're we're looking at the design, we're looking at the blueprint. Mm -hmm. We're clearing, we're needing to clear a bunch of stuff. So I work closely with our emotions because they're such amazing little messages um, of how we're interpreting the world. So we do a lot of clearing the negative charge that we've hold, held on certain emotions. For example, 
you know, I'm not allowed to be angry because it makes mom uncomfortable. So I have yeah. to be a people pleaser. Okay, so we want to clear that charge and give you back. Anger is your freaking bodyguard. It's powerful. <laughs> it's like it's such a powerful emotion. Let's give it yes. back to you without all that nonsense that we've built and those layers and the stories that we've told ourselves. So a lot of the work is that the unbecoming of yeah. what we've identified with. And then very much, and we do this in conjunction with the, with, okay, so if we're unbecoming this, then what are we actually wanting to feed? What is this version? You know, how does she walk, talk, move? What, what does she believe about the world? And starting to build these conscious states of being. So that's kind of been the work for the last six years, last over a decade collecting tools. But I had a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of fear around really stepping into my offering because I feel like we... You know, in this work, it is. It's, it's challenging to to feel like okay, but I, I really want to be humble and authentic and like oh, like but letting letting source move through you and sort of stepping out of your own way and and allowing it to move through. So that was that was, I think, a big block for a lot of a lot of the time was just that fear of letting it through. Yeah. And yeah, recently in the last couple of years, I've moved also just wanting to have. A greater impact and reach more people i've started transitioning into more group work um and creating online you know self-study courses so people can really do it in their own time and you know i feel like we become a little bit i, I noticed with clients that there's like a bit of a dependency because it's like you step into a session and you're like oh i walk out of it feeling amazing and empowered and strong and then life happens and i move out of alignment and yeah. i forget um yeah. and then you know, so I'd have these amazing, my amazing clients that always know that they can reach out and, and find alignment again there. But I wanted to start making things that were more accessible, that it was like, here's my toolbox and it's mine and I can reach for it whenever I need. I don't, I'm not so dependent on, on, on external things. And so I developed Wayfinder, which is exactly that. It's just an amazing tool toolbox of how to to, to really go within and recognize that you have the answers no one can tell you yes. what's right or wrong for you like you know you know yeah. <laughs> um, and it's completely unique because our blueprints are completely unique um, so yeah that's kind of so I still do the one-on-one -on -one. I also do um, some work for an amazing company that looks at cultural alignment for big corporations moving them out of profit-driven capitalism to sort of being more people-centric and looking at impact and so that's been really rewarding Ooh. work yeah yeah it's been really awesome because you know I've always been like ah oh, so anti-capitalist and that's um <laughs> such a wonderful way to so I I am I do the behavioral coaching with them where we're literally upgrading their consciousness as the individual and as you change the individual the culture starts to change and creating right. again that alignment in in the organism it's an ecosystem yeah. and every person that especially leadership needs to kind of plug into that so I've got a quite a few different components to the work that I do and the offerings that I have so yeah the, the corporate the one-on-one -on -one, and then I've got a few um, courses self-study and then these uh, group programs that I offer oh, oh. Mm -hmm. you <laughs> are just creating such beauty in the world hey <laughs> and it it kind of like, I feel like source, almost like I have this inner knowing and 
this thought popped up as you were talking and it it was just such a beautiful message because you know earlier you were talking about how your safety is just remembering that you were being held by you know your your grandma and just being safe in her arms which is really what we need and are looking for in childhood is that safety but then if you didn't get it or you didn't experience as much as you needed you move into this adult world and you're still struggling to find that safety and like yes deep down like we need to find it in ourselves because we that's as so good in theory adults, it's hard <laughs> it's so hard so like you're offering that safe space of I've got you until you can stand on your own two feet and have yourself and it's just oh so good I got excited there so. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't seen it like that yeah that's that's a, thank you thank you for that reflection that's you're welcome yeah, because I don't know, I, I think it is, it is really just, especially with the world changing, you know, we've just gone through COVID and like the world is really AI, everything is like so intense right yes. now. And, yeah, you know, we especially, I, I hear a lot in the self-development community, it's like, you've got to fulfill yourself and like <laughs> find all things. And, and that is, it is great in theory and it is true. It yes. is true. Yeah. But if we don't have those tools and, and, and like I said, I think in our little pre-chat, we were having a little chat before is we don't, we haven't been given, we weren't taught this stuff. How are you supposed to know something you weren't taught? It's like, you know, if you, if you weren't taught about like ancient Greece and someone (laughs) pop quizzes you, you're not going to know. So yes, we have this intrinsic knowing, but we can only tap into that from thrival mode, from our divine connection mode. We can't do that from survival mode. So yeah, saying absolutely. to someone who's in survival mode, like, oh, you just have to like fulfill, you know, fill your own cup and like deal with is, it's like, it's quite mean, right? Because the person <laughs> right. is left feeling so utterly inadequate and so incapable. And so, you know, like, and that doesn't really help the self-esteem building at all because they're yeah. like, okay, but what do I do? How, what does this even feel like? Where do I start? And, you know, like we were talking about, it really starts with being able to bear witness to yourself in yep. a non-judgmental, safe container in a beautiful way where you can see the, those really harsh truths about yourself. It's like, it's not comfortable to be like, oh, you know, like, I've um I've been enabling narcissistic behavior my whole life because I've been a, like that's a hard thing to own and to look at because from from our victim state it's the world happening to me this thing happened yep. to me I have no control I have no power yep. and it just is this is life and then that becomes a belief construct and our behavior comes from those beliefs and so we almost create a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy every time mm-hmm. it happens like oh, but you see this person was an asshole and no one can be trusted. And this is just life as opposed to really going, what are my filters? What lens am I looking at life through? What am I saying? How am I moving? How am I operating in this world? No, and I think it's quite quite empowering to to recognize if it's me, I can change me. If it's the world, I can't do anything about that. Right, absolutely. And it's just a powerful message of like, starting small like just with the mindset those little baby steps of who am I who do I want to be how can I make a tiny step towards that each and every day and it takes that pressure off of like I need to change all these things 
and then rubber band back to who I was in survival mode the default well that's the thing is like we we will we will and we do you know I kind of see self-development as like we're we're conscious we're spiraling you know Mm -hmm. we have this negative connotation to like oh my god I'm spiraling we're always spiraling we're evolving we're moving upwards but as we spiral up we're, we're about to expand to our next level we hit the bottom of that rung right and often it's in that moment that we're like I'm exactly the same as you know like no change I've been doing all the work and like nothing is working what's wrong with me as opposed to recognizing okay so I'm here I'm needing to look at some stuff I'm having a little dark night of the soul it doesn't need to be so scary like um I love to look one of my favorite things to do is reframing I -hmm. think I've become my my clients call me the reframe queen because I'm very good (laughs) at being able to take and there's a difference between and I want to highlight this because I feel like there's a lot of toxic positivity, especially yes. in new age, esoteric um, communities is this kind of like just, you know, positive thinking. And we just got to like focus on what's positive as opposed to like that invalidates the pain. Yes. If you're feeling sad and you're saying like trying to say your affirmations and like get out of sad because you're, there's a judgment, there's an invalidation of that emotion. Yes. And whatever we're resisting is going to persist. It's going to keep showing up and it's going to keep the message, the the alarm is going to keep getting louder and a bit more intense if we're ignoring it in that way. And so a lot of this work is about recognizing when I have that dark night of the soul, I love the metaphor of, of the chrysalis, you know, like a butterfly in order to become a butterfly literally turns into goo. That's not a fun process. Like, <laughs> Imagine right. dissolving your body and becoming like liquid in order to reconfigure, to be, to emerge, to be able to fly. Like it's not supposed to be comfortable and smiley yeah. and happy, but it also doesn't have to be on the other side, depression, uh, anxiety, complete overwhelm, breakdown, burnout. Yeah. It also doesn't have to be those things. And right recognizing that it's not like moving out of this dualistic way of looking at things and and recognizing so for me alignment is being able to see that paradox point like I said earlier there's like where the little intersections that little cross point is it's Mm -hmm. this and that you know that that dark night of the soul is hard and it's painful and it's uncomfortable and it's scary yes it's all of those things but it's also joyful, miraculous, transformative, empowering. It's all of those things. And I feel like when we look at it in that way, we don't have to be so afraid because it's inevitable, right? Like in order to right. expand, to become that next butterfly, the next version, or a snake, we have to shed the skin. When we Every time we grow, there is a loss. And yep. a loss requires a, a, a grief. Yes. If we're just trying to like, it's fine, I'm growing. <laughs> we we I don't know I feel like we, we we miss a lot of the beauty in that pain the beauty in the um, your I'm using your special way that yeah that it's it's beautiful pain yes beautiful you know if we if we can learn and this is this is a cultivation of that that mindset shift right and well in honoring the fact that the emotions are there to help us move through or like move forward to understand what it is that we're going through. Cause like even going through a breakup, like if you were the one that initiated the breakup, you're still going to have grief. 
Like you might have relief. You might feel great. Like I finally stepped away, but the grief still is going to be there and that's okay. And it's normal and it's your release system and just move through it and find the joy on the other side. And I just, I love that that's like 100% the message that you are sharing and you have these programs to help be people like tap back into that. Excuse me. (laughs) Like, oh, I'm getting like emotional a little bit because it's just so. What what emotions coming up here? What is that? What is that? See, it's so funny because like when I was growing up, emotions were definitely not safe. And it's, you were talking about how like tapping back into that anger and like giving anger back. So I just did an episode a couple weeks ago that was just me talking about my experience moving through anger because I had a, a moment where I yelled at a driver, like the driver cut me off and normally like my husband was floored because he's like, that's not who you are. Like, you don't do that. But I was so angry for like hours after. And I really had to tap into like, why am I feeling that today? And then I realized like it was letting me know that I still had work to do with like giving me the anger back because anger is a messenger. It is a way of showing me like what it is that I needed to do. And I I needed to honor my energy. I hadn't been doing the work of releasing. And, you know, my son was in the car and don't you hurt my son. So I was mama baron. Yeah. <laughs> so like it was all these beautiful messages, but I, I didn't realize I still hadn't been like, okay to express anger. And yeah. it's, well, it's so powerful. It's not safe. Yeah. Right, right. And it's so powerful to have it back because it's just an emotion. It mm-hmm. is a guide. It's something that can give us back our power and show us like that we're passionate about something. We care. Yeah. And what we didn't know growing up is that there's a right and wrong way to express anger. <laughs> yeah, a resourceful and an unresourceful way. Of yep. you know? And this is the thing is, again, it comes back to just if we don't know, it's kind yeah. of like, I find this, you know, especially being a parent, it's, that's a whole journey in and of itself. But there's those, those moments where you're like, just like, what's going on with you? You know, like, yeah. why? They don't know. They, they don't have no know idea. Because they're modeling us. They're modeling how we're reacting. So you're looking up at your parents saying, stop yelling, stop having a meltdown. And you're like, uh, okay, like, that's a mixed message, right? That, that's yes. in, <laughs> created an internal conflict because I don't like how you're speaking to me. And, and even as, from really small, we can we can feel those things when something doesn't yes. feel right for us. We just obviously don't know how and we don't have the space or the voice. Yep. And I feel like you said something earlier about, you know, if we're not, if we if we're not really feeling those or, or being equipped in childhood, we, we literally become child adults. Absolutely. Walking around with these like wounded inner child, like, having relationships and like trying to take ourselves super seriously when we have these very um when I say immature with not a negative connotation but but really immature reactions to life and to experiences and then feeling either guilty about that reaction or feeling justified in being able to speak to people however we want and there's there's a lack of self-awareness there as, as opposed to now going okay so I did not get any of those tools when I was a child I have to own that in order for me to to actively seek 
and you know invest and like grab and reach for the tools I first have to recognize uh, like I'm really not very emotionally regulated or yep. you know for me I had um I've had uh, quite a, quite an intense burnout and what yes. led me to that point was just completely and utterly being in my masculine in that survival mode really disconnected from my feminine from my intuition from source like unplugged like completely yeah. like unplugged and then just like trying to operate from that space of course your cup's gonna run dry yeah and and all of those then little messages are being ignored and so they have to yell and scream and so I noticed like leading up to that burnout that I, I was just completely emotionally volatile like anything my husband would say to me you know my child would have a you know a moment and it was just this overreactive very reactive very easily triggered very easily overwhelmed mm. um I had a an issue with crying so sadness like you were saying with for you anger has been quite a big one and for me it's been it's been sadness I was kind of had this message that like sadness is weak and, and tears are weak yeah. and so I, I stockpiled all of these emotions for decades just stockpiling 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 and, and not ever releasing them because when we cry when we allow sadness so I see you know anger I said earlier so I see it as that bodyguard emotion it's there it's got your back it's um there to help with your boundaries it gives you a voice it makes yes. you feel safe essentially if we use it for for that purpose right. and sadness is the purifier it allows the all of the other emotions when we they can actually um test tears it's quite amazing under a microscope and see the biochemical compounds in that like tear tears of joy are different from tears of fear stress and, and anxiety like how amazing really? is that, that the, the body is literally cleansing and purifying itself you know coming out through the eyes and i denied mm -hmm. that amazing detoxification process my whole life just because of a belief that it right. was weak need to express that and so many things changed like I lost weight I felt light like yep. as I started to connect with it because I mean it was years and years of <sighs> sediments like compounding and compacting on top of each other and yeah now to let the rain you know like to let it rain and that doesn't mean then we're drowning because I right. think it's, we, we, we tend to go to an extreme and again yep. that brings me back to my whole message of alignment is like it's yep. not supposed to be perfect all the time we don't have no. to have our ducks in a row but it's about recognizing when like the visual is imagine being on a slack line or a tightrope right you right. look at the person and you're like oh wow they're so balanced they're like so zen how are they doing that that's so amazing if you look closely they every muscle in their body is being able to bring them counter falling left or right 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 and that's what gives sort of the illusion of this balance but it's really it requires some effort it requires awareness it requires embodiment it requires right. breath it requires one step at a time to be able to hold that alignment it's not just something that we do all the right courses and then tick I'm now balanced and like right. my life is perfect that I think again we've got this program that we should like get to that point where life's perfect yeah. and that really misses the point of of the the nature of the chaos of life yeah you know it's just like how quickly can we recalibrate and adjust and come back into that state of alignment and be resourcefully respond as opposed to reactively 
respond unconsciously. Like when we're having a very overwhelming emotion come up and it just kind of like pours out of us mm-hmm. versus being able to go, okay, so here's this little, here's anger. Whew, someone just threatened my child. My child's in the back and they cut me off. Okay, so that mama bear energy came in. I can start to work with it. I'm allowed to feel this emotion. I can claim it yeah. back. And this is true for, for, for all of our beautiful, delicious emotions that are in there. Oh, it's so freeing just hearing what you have to say about it because it, it's true. And there is no right or wrong. Like there is no like, okay, I did great today, but tomorrow, you know, is a different story. That's the beauty of this life. And we get to see like, where can I try something different or where can like, look at how far I came today. Let me celebrate that win. But also tomorrow I might need to give myself that love and that support and that safe space that my Mm -hmm. inner child or my body is seeking. And that's just as important and just as beautiful. And that's what this life is. I don't know just flowing like my body's tingling I'm just feeling so good <laughs> me too me too me too, me too. So, and it's so I mean that's this is the thing is I feel like again we're moving when we're moving in survival mode we're yeah. not actually able to self-reflect in this way because we're in yeah. that very much this is happening to me I don't have control over it it's just yeah. is what it is I just have to get through the next yeah. moment there's this like almost like our blinkers are on right like we've got our little blinkers we can't go to a higher mind and innovate and like really take stock of things from that space. Right. And so really that being the starting point, the real starting point is just noticing what mode and like a little practice that I've started doing now is asking myself. And I mean, still with all the work, with all the things like no bullshit, obviously I still, I'm I'll get very triggered. Gonna get triggered. Uh, someone cuts me off and threatens my child I'm gonna get triggered the difference is it's not about getting to a point that nothing touches us and I think that that's the that puts a lot of pressure on people again coming back to that feeling of like I'm supposed to just know and I'm supposed to get it right every time and I um it's about recognizing that I can refine that I can I can develop the thing that I'm developing is my self-awareness and the more self-awareness I have I can pause so the practice is kind of going what so instead of responding there's like a pause and it's like what mode am I in currently and so it will be like okay I'm in so I've started I've learned to recognize when I'm in survival mode there's an urgency to what I'm doing um there's a sense of lack I'm operating from fear I'm making this decision because it has to be done now anytime I notice that and it happens right it happens yeah so anytime I notice that to to have now the practice of the pause of going okay so am I one what will happen if I respond right now from the survival mode and sometimes it's useful you know if I'm trying to escape a fire damn well right I want to be in survival mode because I need that adrenaline to pump to my um, extremities to pump to my heart to give me enough oxygen to get the hell my family out of that yeah so so it's again it's not about that's bad or that's good it's yes. about recognizing is this the mode right now that I need to be operating from 90% of the time it's no yeah 90% of the time that threat that anxiety that overwhelm that worry is imagined yep right so in this moment yep. right that that bill needs to be paid at the end of the month 
I'm worrying or stressing about it in this present moment. And actually me switching to divine resourceful mode is going to find the most creative, miraculous, delicious ways to solve the problem. Yes. But if I'm trying to force that from the survival mode now, I'm going to just keep getting more worry, more stress, more anxiety, more overwhelm. And then that's for me really is kind of hell, like this perpetual suffering that we find ourselves in, you know? I love the way you're, you framed it because it's so true. Like just realizing like a lot of people talk about, you know, you're living in survival mode or you're thriving. Like I, I, I do as well, but I've never heard it framed the way you just stated it. Like we are responding from a place of survival in certain areas. Like someone who has never been on a zoom call before. Like I know, I know my son, he gets really like amped up. He doesn't like to be visible on camera and he responds from a place of survival mode. And like, I don't know, having that in the thought process of being able to recognize almost gives you this power of like, I see it now. Like I, if I see it, if I understand it, then I can change it. 100%. Well, that, that, that really is the crux of, for me, all of it is that, yep. that the self-awareness, right. And cultivating, cause it is, it's, it's like, you don't go to the gym once and expect yourself to have like a six pack. Right. It's like, that's crazy, <laughs> right? right. But we, we expect that with self-development. Yep. We're like, oh, but I did that a really expensive course. Like, you know, I went to that seminar, like I'm supposed to like, you know, have my shit figured out right now. Right. And it's not like that. It's a practice. It's a cultivation. It's like, you know, the, the garden, like I can't just water it once and expect the seed to grow. I need to have a practice. I need to have, right. um, so a lot of, I love this idea of ritualizing the mundane, you know, like really bringing, I feel like in our modern world, we've, we've really disconnected. We, we have rituals, but they're really unconscious, you know? So it's like right. maybe after dinner, I sit on my phone and I scroll Instagram or I, again, not a bad thing, but are we doing that? What mode are we doing that from, right? right? So having this ritualizing the mundane and being like, okay, so I'm washing these dishes. I'm going to wash them anyway. I'm going to wash them anyway. Like they got to, like every day there's dishes in my sink. Every yeah. day. Right. Okay. So I could make a plan and outsource that job or I could get a dishwasher, but then I still have to like stack. There's certain things that you just do every day. And I feel like with the human condition, we kind of, I don't know, we always want like the quick fix or the cheat code or like the easy way out. And then it must just be like fixed and solved as opposed to really seeing the magic of, okay, so I'm washing these dishes. This right. is a moment of gratitude. This is a moment to be grateful for the food that we just ate and the nourishment that I gave my family and that I have yep. these dishes. And so before, and when I guarantee you, when I wash dishes in survival mode, I am not able to access the gratitude because it's like, ah, oh, these dishes and no one else helps me. And it's all by, you know what I mean? I but do. Yeah. Having, having that awareness <laughs> intersect because again, it, everything, every moment is a choice. I'm choosing what to be moment to moment I'm not gonna be something in the future which is kind of again what we're we're like okay I'm gonna do this thing I'm gonna do the dishes and then I'm gonna have clean dishes and then I can be chill like that's the the sort of framing that we're conditioned in as opposed right. to be do be be and then do from a place of being and right. then have right? And, and, right and for me that switch mentally has 
been a complete game changer because now I recognize so it's not about the doing of these dishes I'm using the dishes analogy because perhaps we can relate to it is I'm being so what am I wanting to be while I do this thing I'm wanting to be grateful because I want to be a grateful person I want to cultivate gratitude in every every like that's intrinsically what I want to be is is grateful right um so this is an opportunity this is a ritual so while I'm doing this thing to be doing from being and then I have peace not because I have a clean house but because I've been in this the state of gratitude while I was doing this thing right and now I'm in peace and I have clean dishes so it's like a win-win right absolutely but looking at where in your because we have so you know a lot of people I hear so many I don't have time I don't have time to do rituals I don't have time to do this work that is the survival mode is that urgency right Right. you do we we all have the same amount of time we think of how much time we spend escaping our emotions numbing Mm -hmm. ourselves um if we spend even just a, a fraction of that just turning the the lens in we would find all the gifts all the answers all the like solutions to the so-called problems just by being able to flip that lens and pause for a minute oh i could talk about this i know i love it i i'm the same that's why that's why i started this podcast like i love hearing what brings like passion in somebody else and like I can feel your passion just radiating off of you and (laughs) your message is just so beautiful and like as I'm listening I'm creating these new pathways in my head and like connecting things that I've learned and realizing like Mm -hmm. it fits other things so in in your perspective like from where you teach and where you're at and like how you feel about emotions and what you know so what I like kind of piece together is when you're in that survival mode you can also like remind yourself that you're also in an emotional state and the emotions like trying to make a logical or healthy choice for yourself is almost impossible because our brain can only like work like we have 10 levels so if we're even like we've got five in logic, five in emotion. But if you're 10 in emotions, that means you have nothing left for logical decisions, which is what I consider like blackout angry, where you make really bad choices. So like, while you're talking about that dishes analogy, all I could think is like, oh, I'm doing it in survival. And I'm mad that my family's not helping me. I'm emotional my emotions are letting me know, like, I need to take care of my body real quick. I need to find that emotional regulation to be able to move forward. And oh, like, I just made my brain feel really good. (laughs) Oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. That that is, that's that's what I love. I love about that, the sort of the art of reframing is, is recognizing that we can see things from, I mean, I could use 500 different metaphors and each one would, would cause a sort of different feeling in your body. And I feel like, again, when we're in that survival mode, like you say, Mm -hmm. what's interesting, and I'm I'm a bit of a a neuroscience geek. I I love understanding the logical aspect because I love spirit, energy, quantum physics, but I want to, I want to understand like, okay, but like very practically, like what is going on? 
Yep. You know, it's a different part of the brain that's being activated when we're having a high emotion. We're in the limbic brain. We're having a mm-hmm. very intense, we can't access our yep. prefrontal cortex. We, we can't think like, like literally it's not computing. And so again, coming back to a point of neutrality, we can call it neutrality. We can call it equilibrium, equanimity or alignment is that moment of pause where I recognize, okay, so where am I? Like if you can just that, like only that as a tool, (laughs) if we can just start to practice that self-awareness of just checking where we are. And like you you said, you know, for you, if I'm in an emotional response and feeling like no one cares, my family's not supporting me, I'm in that frame. I'm also identifying. I now become the feeling. Yep. And and this is what's really interesting and how we create these emotional feedback loop. And I'm going to use the word addiction. And yep. I know that might land for some people in some way. And, and I just invite that to land because it is. Yes. The body literally becomes addicted to stress. So I grew up in a very volatile environment. And my nervous system was always waiting for the next like whack or, you know, high volume. So I'm used to that. My mm-hmm. husband most like calm he's like literally the embodiment and epitome of safety and we've been together almost eight years now trust me drama queen over here when things were too good too calm too okay the pot pot. because I wasn't it wasn't my my body didn't feel safe in calm which is ironic right because we all think like oh you know safe is is really calm and peaceful and joyful and for especially if you've had you know a traumatic background it's not yeah and so the mind's like oh but you know I should be enjoying this like quiet downtime moment but actually this downtime moment makes me feel anxious and that's why I'm washing the dishes in a half because yeah. I feel like I need to be busy because that gives me a sense of like purpose or like, like yes. I'm doing something. But if we're not understanding where that we're operating from, yeah. it doesn't matter how many tools we have. We only have resources available to the state that we're in. When you're in survival mode, you, you can't access all those millions of courses that you've done. Right. You can't. The yeah. only juncture point there is to recognize I'm operating in survival mode right now. And that's okay. And that is okay. That's the truth of this moment. It's not permanent. This is what it is. This is the truth of it. I'm not going to bullshit myself. I'm not going to, this is what it is in this moment. And it's from that moment, that pause, that we have access to our free will choice again. Yes. And the more times we choose to, you know what? I'm not going to do the dishes from the survival mode because it's me creating the urgency. No one will die if the dishes stay but that's what it feels like right it's like if it doesn't get done it feels like it's a mess if it feels like it's a mess it's chaos if it's chaos I can't relax yep like if we break it down to oh yeah okay it's like (laughs) I'm doing this thing because it again that that um do uh do have be right then I can be chill I can only be chill once the dishes are done no what does it feel like to be chill So what I've noticed is even being able to pause enough and step back and say, you know what, I'm not going to do the dishes. I'm going to go and actually uh, take a bath. Yeah. And craziest stuff, ladies, if you're watching, the craziest stuff, all gentlemen, the craziest stuff started happening, like my husband would come in (laughs) and it would be done. 
I realized I was taking up so much space that I wasn't allowing myself to be nourished and supported because the belief was that I couldn't be, that it was all on me. I had to hold everything myself. So with that belief, of course, I'm going to keep getting the same messaging. But I'm standing there doing the dishes before anyone has the opportunity to. Yep. Who's that on? That's that's on me. And I don't have to say that in like a guilt trip. That's on me. Cool. If it's on me, I can take it off me. (laughs) Put it down over there and someone else can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I connect with that message wholeheartedly because that was I taught my husband how to treat me in that same way before we stepped into our growth and moved forward through the things that we went through. And it that was exactly it. I was taking everything onto myself because in my world, mm-hmm. if he needed me, he wouldn't leave me. He wasn't planning on leaving me anyways, but like, and I didn't do that consciously. That was just a subconscious programming of, I need all of you to need me. So I'm going to make sure you all need me and reprogramming that. Oh, (laughs) and and the beauty. I love that. Thank you. That's such a vulnerable share. And I think that's so we can, I mean, I relate to that a hundred percent, that abandonment wound is so alive. I think in a lot of us, you know, anyone who grew up, uh, with the Ferber method, the cry it out method, anything like that, we we do. We have this innate abandonment because yeah. I was left to emotionally regulate by myself. A baby cannot emotionally regulate. Like, it, you, they can't. They, yes. they regulate right. by feeling your heartbeat. They regulate by hearing your breath. They regulate yeah. by feeling safe. And, I mean, most of us have had, yeah, that kind of abandonment wound is so deep. And even just the severance from source, you know, you you incarnate yeah. into physical form and there's this sort of like, okay, you know, like you're on your own now. <laughs> right. we, we all have it, you know, on, we can look on different levels. We can, you know, the severing, the cutting of the placenta. There's that life force energy that we've, we've needed for um, nourishment. And then it's like right. just chopped away with no intention or no explanation. All of these things have an impact on the body. Absolutely. And honoring, and I think this is, again, that self-awareness of, of you being able to have the self-awareness to be like, wow, I'm taking up this space because I need you to need me because if you don't, you could leave me. Yep. And the, the ironic thing with that is that we end up feeling just so resentful because you don't want to, have, like, we're a team, right? Like, we right. want to be doing this together. If I'm doing everything, we're not being a team. It's just on me. I totally yep. relate to well that's that's 100% what we did and then I blew it up and then didn't well I I was gonna walk away like I was gonna walk away it was this self-fulfilling prophecy of I'm giving you everything you're not giving me what I needed but I didn't give you the space to give me what I needed and I didn't tell you what I needed yeah so like it, it it really was on me I can't expect somebody to treat me the way I want to be treated when I don't tell them when I don't show them no like oh this is such a big one and I I think I do a lot of couples coaching and and this is probably one of the biggest things it's like but we should just know he's like supposed (laughs) to just like know to do the dishes it like doesn't he know that would make me feel no no he doesn't because like you just do it yeah. And like maybe his mom just did it and maybe he doesn't have a frame of reference. Like there's so yes. many reasons and so many perspectives that and you're just you're again, we're creating meaning. We give life meaning. So I'm looking yeah. at your behavior and saying, because you're not doing this, you don't care. Yep. 
that's just my perspective. That's not true. Like for me, I know my husband loves me. I know all these things to be true, but I'm looking at certain, I'm I'm nitpicking certain behaviors or responses that fit my frame that yes. I've been given, that default mechanism. So I can't trust you. I can't cry in front of you. I can't be all of you, all of myself with you mm-hmm. because that's not safe because that's what I, and it's a reconditioning. Like we're literally having to recondition our nervous system to learn the unknown, the unfamiliar. Yes. You know, it's like, like give ourselves a little bit of a break. You know, like when it, I love the, the metaphor of, you know, you've got kids as well. When a child's learning to walk, and they fall down. I mean, copious amounts of times, right? They fall oh, down, yeah. they fall down, and they keep getting up. And you don't look at that child going, "You moron! Like you idiot!" For not, we don't think of it like that. But when you're learning something new and doing something unknown to your mind, to your emotions, to your nervous system, we do that to ourselves. We're like, "Oh, but you should yes. know. You should. You should. You should know right now." And this is again just being honest <laughs> yeah. with ourselves. Hey, I am a ch- I am an infant right now in my emotional development and I am falling and I am reacting and that is okay because I'm getting better and better and I'm 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 feeling better on my feet. You know what I mean? Like give ourselves right. a little bit of spaciousness to to recognize that it's unfamiliar, it's unknown and it takes some adjustment. Yes. <laughs> oh. You are just such a beautiful ray of sunshine. Like I am so grateful that you shared your story and just shared all these tools that, I mean, gave my body chills through the entire thing. So like, I already know, like, that's my body's way of telling me this is all good. (laughs) (laughs) These are messages. You better think on this later because it is gold. Um, Do you have any like do you have like one thing like if you were like if you had to look at somebody and you only get one thing from me that's going to help you the best right now what would you have what would you tell them lead with curiosity cultivate curiosity like I get a little emotional at at that because I feel you know we lead with with judgment we lead with judgment and when you start to, so, I mean, even just asking yourself, so like, what does it, what's the difference between <clears throat> judgment and curiosity? Like, how would you know the difference in your body? Right. And for, again, for most people, this is very unfamiliar because we're so used to feeling critical or judgmental. Right. But so for me, it's like <clears throat> very much aligned with your message. Curiosity is that sort of childlike wonder, that authenticity, that curious. I'm just yes. like, I don't know. I don't know. And like, it's actually okay not to know and like not to have everything figured out and to just own where I am and not be afraid of how high the mountain is because I just want to get curious about what's the next step. Like, What's that one next step? And if I can lead with that curiosity, then self-awareness automatically feels like it has more spaciousness because I'm... <laughs> If I'm being all judgy, do you think I'm going to want to be with myself and be aware if I'm like being very hypercritical? No. But if I'm like, hey, babe, what's going on? Why are we feeling so activated? There's a lot of emotions going on in the body. Like, let's get curious. I'm more likely to stick around and listen to myself and investigate and and explore. It's an adventure. And I, I think that like for me, curiosity is just such a 
big part of this work. Um, I think again in the self de development, you know, it's like serious. Like you got to take your shadow. You got to do your shadow work, and you got to do this, and it's like <laughs> all these things. And it's like okay, but let's make it fun again. Like yes. let's make this fun. Let's lead with curiosity. Let's play more. Let's explore more. As opposed to being like, oh my goodness, I'm repeating my intergenerational wounded trauma and now I'm going to, no, like, okay, oh yes, I'm repeating my intergenerational trauma. Oh, how interesting, how interesting. And then lead with that. So that really, for anyone watching that, that really is like the wish, you know, 15 years ago, <laughs> someone could have sort of said that to me, just like, just cultivate because it's, it's an unknown feeling. So right. play with, ask yourself that question. What does it feel like to lead with curiosity in everything that you do, even in communication and conversation? If I'm curious about you, I'm right. going to be more open. I'm going to be less defensive or closed because I'm curious. I'm open, you know? You so try to understand where someone else is coming from and yeah. then you have the connection. Absolutely. Yeah. I love yeah. it. You are speaking <laughs> my language. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a question I really love to hear the answer from everyone that comes on because this new dream is my baby and it I I love it and it is bringing me such joy but I'm creating this for the world so I'm curious that when you hear the phrase the new dream what does it make you think of ah I'm gonna I'm gonna full circle here and I'm going to come back to that river metaphor that I shared earlier about recognizing that continu continu uh, continuity right like that we, we can break that continuity by becoming something new so for me the new dream is recognizing that there is there is there is always something there's always something new mm -hmm. but really honoring where we are like I you know I shared earlier in that I'm currently inside a previous dream so right. I'm in the new I'm in the new dream and in Absolutely. you know two months time I'm going to be in another new dream and in another new dream and I think yeah for me it's about how to consciously design like an architect design that new dream um, and leave room to be surprised because I think that that's also a lot of fun there's like so many things that happen so many things that manifest are like beyond because your imagination is kind of like the floor of what's possible right as opposed to the ceiling you know so yeah when I hear the new dream and I, I think we're we're doing this on an individual level yep. and the all is one and the one is all right so as we do it I feel like when we recognize that us showing up for the new dream in ourselves is being the change in the world you know so the more I feel like it's such a monumentous task to think like I need to change the world, but I can change me. Yes, I can create a new dream for me. And in doing so and aligning that to the dream of like what I want my children to experience and the legacy that like I want to leave behind, you know, like I'm aligning my individual dream to the collective dream. So yeah, that's what comes up for me when I hear new dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have gotten emotional for you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that touches my heart so much. And it's just such a beautiful message. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, well, 
you're doing uh thank you for i i yeah thank you for being able to connect to your purpose and your gift and being able to offer such a beautiful space for people to ask themselves these questions you know and the, nice. like it's i always find it such a privilege coming on and and sharing because a lot of times you're just kind of like in the work right you're like right. and it's very much about the other person about the other person and so I always I'm just so very grateful for these spaces where it's also yes. a moment to just sort of reflect on our own personal journeys and like what what is the thing that we do in the world these are important questions you know so thank you for asking them and creating a space and a platform yeah for people to share it's beautiful work I appreciate that I, <laughs> that, that was my goal with this is holding space oh. for <laughs> Wherever somebody is at in the moment, whether, you know, we all agree or whether, you know, there's more growth because there's always more growth. There's always, always more steps, always more things, but just holding that space can make all the difference. And that's what I want to give. So I'm so glad that you you felt that. (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) So to our viewers, if you would, if you felt connected to Tristan's story and want to further step into your alignment and see like her ways of doing different processes. If you connected with what she has to offer, I will put the links to her socials and she's on YouTube and Instagram and she runs the Life Aligned Academy. So definitely seek her out. I know I'm going to be watching your YouTube like all the time now. Your energy is beautiful. (laughs) And I... Just thank you for sharing yourself with you with me today. Thank you for giving me the space to do so. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And thank you so much to everyone watching. And I yeah, look forward to connecting. <laughs> All right. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Got those pretty eyes that are wanting.